pregnant women often do, they, she, this pregnant woman had a craving. She just had to have this certain food. It happened to be about midnight, and her craving was for escargot. Now, that's a fancy word. Some of you already know what that. Do you know what escargot is? Kids, if you're in the room, escargot is a fancy word that adults use that means snails. Yeah, I guess people eat snails. I don't know. So she had to have snails. She sent her husband. She said, listen, I need you to go to the store right now immediately and bring me back some escargot. So he left. He went and got the escargot. He's on his way back, and he saw that as he was passing by his friend's house, the light was on. He thought, I should stop and say hello. And as he got near the door, he saw in the window that he was playing video games. He was a gamer. He's like, this is just meant to be. So he sat down. He's like, I'll just play a quick game. You know how it goes? All of a sudden, it's about 6 a.m., and he realizes, uh-oh, I got to get back home. He drives home as quick as he can. He pulls up to the door, and he sees the light on, and he sees his wife pacing back in front of the front window, and he thinks, oh, boy. He goes to open the door, and right before he gets up there, he takes all the snails, and he lines them up in a row right up to the door, right on the stairs leading up to the door. As he goes to open the door, she opens up the door and says, where have you been? You've been taking forever. And he looks down and he goes, one more step, boys. We're almost there. <laughs> it's a detour. You make the best of what you can. You know what I mean? Sometimes life is just weird and crazy and you forget things. And life is full of detours. And life is full of just unexpected moments. And maybe you've already had one today. Maybe some of you on the way here, it was complete chaos in the car. I always applaud parents of young kids who make it into church on a Sunday morning because what happens in that car usually needs to stay in that car. You know what I mean? I've been there. And life just maybe even today or this week has just thrown you a curveball, a detour, and it's not what you planned, it's not what you meant to happen, it's not what you had thought life was going to do, but all of a sudden it just happens. And that's where we want to go today. We want to talk about what God does in the middle of these unexpected detour moments and what we can do as followers of Jesus, as people trying to do our best. And I realize some of you here go, well, I'm not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're on Daybreak Live, but that's the decision we want to talk to you about too. Because once you make that decision, you find yourself on a path that God is just leading you on. And that path, as we've been learning through the life of Joseph, isn't always the easiest thing. But that's where we're going to go today. Now, we got a couple things coming up. We got tomorrow night, ladies' night out is happening here. So ladies, that's my announcement to you. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Hope you're all here. Every lady here is invited. Men, you are not invited, so don't be here. Um, and we also have something coming up that I want to just give you a quick little preview. This is something that we are embarking on as a church. It's going to be a journey. And I'm asking all of you that are regular daybreakers to be a part of this. It's called the Daybreak Christmas Village. The Daybreak Christmas Village is coming up. In December, it's the weekend before Christmas, and we are going to transform this campus into a Christmas village for our community. We're going to talk more in detail later, but for those of you that, that may be builders, or you might be organizers, or you might be painters, or you might like to just be a part of a big project, we need 
all hands on deck because we are going to see thousands of people experience the Daybreak Christmas Village. And I want you to be a part. This is going to be an opportunity that I think might be the greatest moment of reaching out to people that aren't yet followers of Jesus here on our campus. So please keep your eyes and ears open for this as we're talking about it going into the future. It's going to be amazing. Well, we are in this story of Joseph, and hopefully you've had a guide to help take you through, and we're going to continue talking about what's happening in his life. A quick recap up to this point, as we follow Joseph, we were introduced to him when he was just young, 17 years old. He was the favorite son in a dysfunctional family, we know that. He was sold by his brothers into slavery. He was sold and bought by a man named Potiphar as he was taken from where he lived all the way to Egypt to a foreign land. And Potiphar was a very high-ranking official, a military officer. And he rose up to be second in command under Potiphar, gained a place of influence, and then wrongfully accused by Potiphar's wife who tried to seduce him. We talked about that last week. And now he finds himself again struggling as he's remembering this dream that we were introduced to in the very beginning of Joseph's story when he was 17 years old he has this dream and now he's put into prison now think about that when we go through life we're talking about detours Joseph certainly would not have expected that he would end up where he was at this moment in the story and yet we find that even in that that God is faithful so listen to what it says in Genesis 39 one of our readings So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. So his circumstances did not dictate what he did and his faithfulness. We just sang about God's faithfulness. And the more and more you get to know this God that we're talking about, the Bible helps us understand, you'll know this, that God is faithful. Many people don't understand that at these moments in life when when there's a detour, but what we know is that God is faithful. And somehow I believe Joseph knew that, and Joseph continued to be faithful. Now this may have been the lowest part of his life thus far, because going through when you're sold by your brothers and betrayed, that's pretty tough. But now all of a sudden, you're doing the right thing. Not the wrong thing, the right thing. Last week we talked about it. He was tempted to do something very wrong and he made the right choice and yet he finds himself sinking even lower. Now he's in prison. But in prison, he was still faithful. God is faithful to you. Look at what happens here when it says that, and I've never heard of this before, And I've had some friends that have been imprisoned, and they've told me some of the stories that happened behind those prison doors and those prison bars and those walls. But here he is, and he's put in charge of other prisoners. Now, I don't know how that works, but that tells you that Joseph went in there, and he did the best he could with what he had. And when we think about the world that we live in, you know, I had, to, I had to bring this up here because I think our lives in a lot of ways are like sponges. 
You know, they're absorbent. What we're around, we can get immersed in. And sometimes we can just get immersed in the world and we can get immersed in the pain and it just finds itself soaking through every fiber of our soul and our being. And it just comes out when we're at work, when we're at home, when we're in conversations. And all the troubles and the heartache and the detours and the things that we didn't plan find themselves coming out as we're absorbing the world around us. And I was thinking about that, like what could Joseph have done to get out of this situation? Well, it was completely out of his hands. And I think about some of you right now, you're in a circumstance where it's not of your own making. You've done the right thing. And you've wondered, God, why am I here? Why is this happening to me right now? I've been faithful to you. And you've allowed maybe the circumstances to just fill up your soul with all the wrong things. And that stuff is coming out. And that faithfulness that God is showing to you, even though you don't maybe think about it or realize it, it's coming out not from your life in faithfulness, but maybe in disobedience. Maybe in making the wrong choices. Maybe in going down the wrong path. Maybe instead of what Joseph did when he was tempted, you've given in to that temptation. And what you found is your circumstances are definitely dictating your faithfulness. And Joseph is such a shining example of what it means when our lives aren't dictated by the world around us. I mean, Joseph is going through heartache after heartache, and this has been a tough part of the story as we've talked about it, and it will turn at some point. But right now, Joseph is in prison, but he's still being faithful to God. Now, you remember, we were introduced to Joseph with a dream, and we're going to read another part of the story here in chapter 40. And this is a little lengthy, but I want you to hear what's happening as the story unfolds. So sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. Now Pharaoh, that's the name of the king of Egypt, that's his title. He was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and he put them in custody of the house of the captain of the guard in the same prison where Joseph was confined. And the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, and he, he attended them. And they had been in custody for some time. Each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream on the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. So this is where dreams recur in the story. And Joseph came to them the next morning, and he saw that they were dejected. And he asked the Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, Why do you look so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered, but there's no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. And so the cupbearer told Joseph his dream, and he said to him, in my dream I saw a vine in front of me, and on the vine there were three branches, and as soon as it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, I squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I put the cup in his hand. This is what it means, Joseph said. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position, and he will put in you Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon." 
So see what's happening? We're going to stop for a minute. He tells the chief cupbearer, who's a very important person, by the way, because if someone was going to get to the Pharaoh and kill him, they would go through maybe his food or drink. So these are important people. So when the chief baker saw that Joseph had given him a favorable interpretation, he said to Joseph, well, I too had a dream. And on my head were three baskets of bread. And on the top basket, there were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh. But the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is what it means, Joseph said. The three baskets are three days. And within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and impale your body on a pole. And the birds will eat away your flesh. Oof. Not good news. Chief Baker is like, oh, great. He's giving out good news today. Not quite. So the third day was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officials, and he lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand, but he impaled the chief baker just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation. Wow. Joseph's actions in prison. He says it here. Listen, I've done nothing. I've done nothing here. And even in these really incredibly difficult times, his actions continued to march him forward step by step towards the destiny, towards the fulfillment of the dream that God had for him. And you know, our actions, we can say things. We can think things. And again, I just think that during this story, that there's some of you here that are just having a difficult season in your life, that you're having a time where you've thought to yourself, can I take another step? Can I go on another day? Can I work at this job another day? Can I stay in this relationship? Can I keep trusting God with my finances? Can I continue to parent the way I need to? Can I be faithful in, in this part of my life that I'm struggling with when I just don't feel like doing it anymore because it's so difficult. You know, as, as I've just observed the world in the last couple years, I've just noticed that there's a lot of weariness. There's a lot of weariness in our souls. There's a lot of us that just feel like I just don't have the zip that I had at the beginning of 2020. It's like I got my legs knocked out from under me. It's like I just feel like I'm just having a struggle. And I want to tell you that your actions right now, what you can continue to do to be faithful, will define your destiny. Because it is in the lowest moments of life when we're trained the most. We often think, well, I I just want to get to the mountaintop and I want it to be easy and then I can kind of see clearly and I can look over the horizon and I can kind of understand things a little bit better. But you know what I found is that the hard knocks of life, when you're down in the valleys, when no one notices and you feel alone and you don't know what the next day will bring, it is in those moments that God is training you for something great. Through that pain will come greatness. It's tough being a Detroit Lions fan. You know, we had our elders retreat this last week, and 
all the boys that were elders and myself, we found ourselves on our phone just watching the end of the game because we were out and it was like, what, 41 seconds left and the Lions were ahead and we're like, that's way too much time for the Lions to be ahead. And sure enough, they snatched, they snatched victory out of defeat, right? And there they were, and I tell some of you, and I don't know, is anybody watching Hard Knocks right now with the Lions? Some of you know what I'm talking about. Like, it's, it gives you that inside view of what's happening behind the scenes, but some of you don't know, can I go on another year? Let me tell you, one of these days, the Lions are going to turn around, and it might be today. Probably not, but it might. And you think, how could I just go on another day? How can I make it? Especially for some of you maybe that have seen your dreams shattered. And I can speak to that. Now, some of you might be familiar with this phenomenon. It happened about 20 years ago. A man named Phil Vischer started something called Veggie Tales. He was a no-name. And he had this incredible gift of creativity. And he started this thing called Veggie Tales. And when our kids were little, like millions of kids during the 90s and 2000s, 50 million videos sold of VeggieTales. That's a lot of videos. That's a lot of stories. And it was this, this Bible-based format that taught good morals and Bible stories to kids. And Phil Vischer rose from a nobody with an idea to all of a sudden a very, very influential person right up there almost alongside Disney during the peak of the VeggieTales era. And VeggieTales was everywhere. It didn't just stay in the church. It, it just found itself as an influence in society. And in one fell swoop, VeggieTales was over. And Phil Vischer lost it all. And he went through a difficult time as he saw this dream all of a sudden begin to take its place and take in places that he never thought he'd be. And then he heard a man named Mark Batterson talk about dreams. And I want you to see this quote from Mark. Because it really, I think, speaks to me, and I know it might speak to many of us. He says, if God gives you a dream, and that dream comes to life, and God shows up in that dream, and then the dream dies, it may be that God wants to see what is more important to you, the dream or him. Some of you, your dreams, your dreams have shattered. And just like Joseph, you find yourself in this low place. And I wonder if in these moments in this story where Joseph remembered the dream and what became more important, because I will tell you that I believe it was during this time in prison that the importance of the dream and the importance of God switched places in Joseph's heart. And for those of you that are going through a very, very difficult season in your life, let me just encourage you. Let me encourage you that God is faithful. There's, there's one more little sad part of the story that takes place at the very end of the chapter. Remember, Joseph said, remember me. Don't forget about Joseph. But in verse 23, the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. 
So when everything, I mean, he's now he's using his gift and he's helping others and he's in this difficult place. Please, would you please remember me when you go back because you have Pharaoh's ear. Tell him about me. Tell him that I was unjustly put here. And he forgot. Joseph was forgotten. And when others around him forgot Joseph, we know that God did not. He did not forget Joseph. That God's presence was there with him. Even when Joseph didn't know where he was going, he didn't know the way forward, God was there. For, for many years, every Wednesday night, I would go to this place in Grand Rapids in our city called Luther Village. It was a retirement home. And I would take young people there and we'd just spend time with the residents. We'd play bingo and go into the rooms and talk. And within this uh, Wednesday night format, I developed a relationship with a wonderful man named Lauren Van Farrow. And I got to know Lauren. You're going to see his, his picture here. And over a period of those few years, Lauren and I became friends. And after my time kind of ended there, I realized that I was reading the paper one day, reading online, M Live, and I saw a story. I saw his picture, and I thought, oh, what's the story about Lauren? This guy I see every Wednesday night. For 17 years... Every Saturday morning, Lauren's dad, Mel, would stop by and pick him up, and they would take their old Schwinn tandem bike, and they would ride early in the morning on Saturdays every road in Kent County over the next 17 years. Over 6,000 miles, they rode together, Lauren and his dad. His dad was up in age quite a bit, and... Once they finished Kent County, they thought, well, what do we do next? And so they went over to Ottawa County, and they rode every road in Ottawa County for the next 12 years, another 6,000 miles. Lauren and his dad on a tandem bike. And what you may not know about Lauren is that Lauren, when he was younger, had a childhood disease, and he was blind from then on. Lauren couldn't see anything. He lived in the blind unit in Luther Village. And as I got to know Lauren, and, and I had no idea this experience in his life, after I got to know him, and then after I learned this story, I thought to myself, here's a man that could never get on a bike on his own, that can't see anything, and he's been given the gift of the journey with his dad. And I want to say to you this morning, that some of you may feel like you're just completely lost, you're in the fog, and life doesn't seem fair. And honestly, it probably hasn't been. Life's tough. And sometimes we go to church, we want to pretend like everything's perfect on the outside. But if we're real, and if we could be honest with ourselves and the world, some of you might say right now, Jeff, my life is difficult. I want to remind you that God wants to take you on the journey with him that God's presence is there. There's no greater thing as a parent than to be in the presence of your own children. And we have a heavenly father that cares so much about the journey with you. And he wants to take you on a trip, on an adventure. 
that you can't even imagine. And I want to pray with you today, and I want to ask that God would just give you the comfort and peace you need. And I want to invite anyone here, and on Daybreak Live, if you feel a need in your life, we want to pray with you. If you feel that despair, I want to pray that God would give you hope. If you've not yet made that decision to follow Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity this morning as we pray. So would you bow your heads with me? Father, what a privilege. What a privilege to be here today. And I thank you for your faithfulness through this story. In the life of Joseph, we see that even when he was forgotten, that you were still guiding his path. And for those here today that feel forgotten, they feel unloved, they feel beat up, they feel discouraged. Lord, may they find within you the hope that you have for them. If there's anyone here that has not yet decided to follow you, Lord, I pray that they would make this decision and go with you on the journey. Lord, you are faithful. We sang of it today. We celebrated today. God, may we be faithful to you as your dreams become a reality within us. And I pray this in Jesus' name.